Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So, if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So, if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem, we'll put it together for you. So, let's get started. So we're in. We're going to be studying cha- uh, chapters forty-six, forty-seven, and forty-eight today of Psalms. So that would be Psalm forty-six, forty-seven, and forty-eight. And it looks like these Psalms, uh, as Doctor McGee points out, kind of go together. And we're studying the Psalms, and they kind of come in groups. And these Psalms continue this look forward to the coming kingdom. In the last one, we looked at Psalm 45 about the Son of God, His kingdom is coming to seek and save and support you. Um, and before that, in Psalm 44, we were talking about the people suffering and being separated from God. But now we're looking forward, we're looking ahead. It's almost like to His you know, second coming, almost, this establishment of a kingdom. Now, the people back in this time didn't even know that Jesus was coming. They didn't know that he was going to be born in a manger, in a stable, and be born in humility. They were probably looking to these images of Jesus being established as a king or God coming to establish his kingdom on earth and ruling over all the peoples of the earth. So this is sort of like looking forward, even more forward to the second coming when God's kingdom would be established on the earth. So this would have been something very encouraging to them. It's just they didn't know how... um, God was going to accomplish all this. And, you know, of course, it makes sense. If you hear it, you just think he's going to come and set everything right. But God's plan was to come in the form of Jesus because the sins of the world had to be forgiven first before God could come back. So we'll jump right in. Uh, Psalm 46, verse 1. Power power verse. Here we go. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I think we've all looked at that verse as like a favorite verse. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Again, a lot of the theme of the Psalms is, is help, is refuge. Again, when David would write his songs, Psalms, he would talk about God being his rock, his fortress, his deliverer. Um, his safe place, his stronghold. All these things were kind of like military terms in terms of uh, a place to go when you're under attack. 
Now, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Again, this theme continues. Verse 2, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way, though the mountains be moved um, into the heart of the sea, though its waters foam, waters roar and foam, uh, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. So, um, again, it talks about the power of God it talks about uh, the fact that no matter what goes on around us, we have help. We have our refuge. We have our strength. It talks about the sufficiency of God because even though the earth is giving way, even though the problems are bigger, bigger problems than you might be looking at today or facing, you might be facing whatever you might be facing. God can help you. God is there. God is present, a very present help in trouble. So um, God is sufficient, and it's talking about the fact that you, you know, it emphasizes this trust in God. If you trust God enough um, to help you in times of trouble, uh, He can be your refuge and your strength. But it, it touches on themes of the the trust that we have in God is really our faith that we have in God to allow the Lord to help us. Sometimes in trouble, we want to help ourselves. Sometimes in trouble, we want to figure it out on our own wisdom. And that's almost what the the uh, a metaphor of what the Israelites were trusting in their own wisdom when Jesus came right to them. You know, Jesus was born in a manger. Jesus was born in humility. When Jesus came to earth, when God came to earth, a very present help in times of trouble. So when Jesus was right in their midst, when God was right in their midst, you know, the worst thing you can do is lean on your own wisdom. And that's what the people did. The people leaned on their own wisdom and they didn't see God. God can be face to face right in front of you. Whether the times are good or the times are super bad, God can be present with you right face to face. But if you lean, if you if you start leaning on your own wisdom, you can be just as off base as the Israelites were when they looked at the Lord Jesus and didn't even appreciate him and voted to put him to death. Okay? So God is a very present. He's very present. He is with you. And he is your help in trouble, no matter how bad it gets. Verse 4, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. So now we're talking about this city of God. Okay, so we're talking a lot of parallels here. This is the reestablishment of God's kingdom on earth. Okay, and God is this refuge and strength, but there's a river whose streams make glad uh, the city of God, this holy place that God is after this kingdom is going to be reestablished, where God is going to dwell. And it talks of, you know, it, the theme also is this security that we have, this refuge, this place of strength, this city of God where God is going to live. Verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. This holy city is going to be where God eventually chooses to live among the people. And this city will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. And then verse 6, The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The, 
The God of Jacob is our fortress. Okay, so a couple of things for us. It uh, it talks about Selah again. We're supposed to stop and reflect. So uh, several things to reflect on. There's this city of God. There is um, this city of God where streams come out of it. That you know that was talked about back in Ezekiel. So if you go to Ezekiel forty-seven chapters one. Uh, through 12, um, I'll just read the first couple of verses. Uh, Ezekiel's talking about this entrance to this temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced the east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, the south of the altar. He brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. And so as they're walking around the temple, the water gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And it talks about this river flowing from the temple. And as it flows out, it just gets greater and greater and greater to this river. This temple being this source of of this river. And so this river, again, uh, uh, is what we're talking about back in the Psalms. Um, this same river uh, flowing out from the city of God, God being in the midst. And again, a reference to God, you know, throughout the Bible has been this living water, like this living water that that Christ was walking around asking the woman at the well, would you like this living water? Well, you'll never be thirsty. Those who don't have this water are thirsty. And as we saw um you know, uh, in the earlier Psalms, like a deer running through the forest, uh, his heart is panting out of thirst, you know, and that's our thirst that, that he was having for the Word of God. If we, we ought to thirst those who don't have the Word of God, those who don't have God's presence will thirst for living water because this living water is life. And so all these metaphors towards um, the kingdom of God. Verse 8, come and behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Then in verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So it's talking about, again, this fortress, this mighty fortress is our God where he lives in the city of God, this holy habitation. And it's a head nod to this reference to Zion, this city that God is going to live on. And that's, we'll talk about Zion in, this, in a minute too. But it talks about um, all of creation. God is sovereign over um, he his presence actually brings peace on earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear. He makes all these wars cease, and he basically burns the chariots with fire. And he basically says, "Okay, everybody, be still. You know, cut it out. Know that I am God, and I'll I'm here to live with you." And this is sort of a head nod that. Um, 
He's going to cease all the wars, and he's going to finally bring justice to all the earth. And he's going to, he's going to, he's, the Lord is going to come in power, and he is going to um, dwell with his people. So, um, in Matthew chapter twenty-eight, uh, verses twenty. Um, this reference to God being with us. So when Jesus was saying goodbye to his uh, disciples uh, at the end of Matthew, and he was giving them the Great Commission, he was saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. This is verse 18 and 19. Uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then we get to verse 20, he says, And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely... I am with you always to the very end of the age. Okay? So then it's a reference. You know, the Psalms, it says, The Lord of hosts is with us. And that's the last thing that Jesus said to them. I am with you. Okay? God is going to be with you to the end of the age. This is forever. So this is God's acknowledgement, almost like back to His coming kingdom, where He will be with us forever. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty nice. Uh, so what what the heck is this Zion? You know, and I just wanted to take a break here between verses the Psalm forty six and forty seven, and just speak us a, a second about Zion. This uh, the the um, what is Zion? What is Mount Zion? What is the biblical meaning of Zion? Uh, this word Zion occurs about uh, over 150 times in the Bible. And as I d- did a little research, it essentially means this fortification. Uh, it has the idea of being raised up, this monument, this, this, this impenetrable city of God, um, this mount, it's like a mountain, it's a city, it's a fortress. It's described a lot of different ways. And it's uh, described as the city of David and the city of God. And as the Bible kind of progresses through the word Zion, expands in scope and takes on this spiritual meaning that is going to be this place where God comes back and is, is, is this fortress where God lives. Okay, and the first meaning of Zion is in Second Samuel chapter 5. Uh, verse seven, David captured the fortress of Zion, where the city, uh, which is the city of David, and Zion was originally this ancient city of Jerusalem, and it was a fortress for David, and the, the royal palace was built here, and Jerusalem became the seat of power in, Jer- in Israel's kingdom, and then Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem, and then so it was the temple area where Solomon's temple was built. Okay, and um, and then in Jeremiah, it was prophesied, it was in the prophecy of Jeremiah, verse 31, uh, excuse me, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 6, Come and let us go up to Zion, uh, to the Lord our God. Okay, Zion was used for this name as the city of Jerusalem. When it says go up to, that means Jeru- go up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was in lower part of Israel, but they always said go up because Jerusalem was built on a hill. So go up to Zion, go up to the city of Jerusalem because it was built on a hill. 
Okay, so, um, and then sometimes it's referred to as the nation of Israel as a whole in Zechariah uh, chapter 9, verse 13. So the word uh, Zion um, then sort of later uh, becomes a reference to uh, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Okay, so this is God's spiritual kingdom. Um, and then uh, that's in Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verses 22. But to Mount Zion to the, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And then Peter in the New Testament quotes Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16, and refers to Christ as the cornerstone of Zion. So now Zion takes even more spiritual reference that Christ is going to be the cornerstone of Zion. Again, he says, quote, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Okay, And that's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. So the promise is, is the Zion, the city of this historical city throughout Jerusalem is the nation of Israel, the city of, of, uh, of David originally, uh, but will be restored as a, the city of God. Okay? So that's kind of what we're acknowledging in chapter 46, this city of God. And out of this city, it's talking about the, the, the streams, the water, you know, this living water. And the streams in, are, are still streams in contrast to the roaring waters and the foaming waters that we see in verse 3. It's almost like this living water, this still water that Jesus, the good shepherd, leads the sheep to still waters. Okay, So again, these references, looking forward, even Jesus is talking about the shepherd leading the sheep by still waters. And again, this, this living water, these still waters, uh, referencing Zion, as opposed to all these foaming waters and trembling mountains all around uh, the earth. And maybe, you know, even looking forward, this reference in 46 is that, you know, in contrast to God's city, when God reestablishes His city, all of these kingdoms and are, the nations are raging. The kingdoms totter. Uh, there's there's um, mountains are moving. The seas are are roaring with foam, and there's wars going around. Uh, and basically, God just utters and says, "Be still." And know that I'm God. So maybe this, maybe when God's reestablishing His kingdom, the earth is in turmoil. I don't. Nobody really knows, but um, but it, it, 46 is really full, is really strong because this is sort of saying that all this turmoil that's going to be on the earth, God is going to reestablish His kingdom, and it's going to be this area of strength and refuge. A very present help in trouble, and probably the not only our troubles and whatever troubles we may face, but the earth is looks like the earth is in some kind of trouble at this time when God is reestablishing His kingdom. The earth may give way, the mountains may be moved into the heart of the sea. The waters apparently are roaring and foaming. The mountains are obviously or it looks like they're trembling. And the kingdoms are raging, and the nations are raging, and um, God's 
fortress is established and is stronger than all of this turmoil. And then God just quiets everything down with just a word. Okay, so this fortress looks like has a name. It's the city of God and this historical city of Zion, which Christ himself is the cornerstone in this city. So with that historical perspective now, we'll try to appreciate what's going on in chapter 47. That would be Psalm 47, verse 1. Clap your hands, all people. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdued people under uh, peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. So everybody now is to rejoice, okay, because the Lord, the Most High, is to be uh, feared. And talking about this new kingdom... Shout to the Lord with loud songs of joy. Again, this joy, again, is blessing. We talked about blessing, the happy man. That the, the word blessing is translated into joy That's or happiness. So God is blessing His people. And, of course, the proper response of a blessing is thanksgiving and of joy and His happiness. So the people are shouting uh, they're clapping their hands with really loud songs of joy because the because this great king is now here over the earth. The Lord is to be feared. So we first saw this picture of Jesus uh, as a humble Lord, okay? But now we get this picture of Jesus as one to be feared. He subdued all the nations. This is not the God. This is not Jesus who came to the earth in humility and was put to death by the nations, by the people. This is a, this is a new Jesus who's coming in power to subdue the nations. And of course, this great king is, is going to be coming in righteousness, in humility, and in truthfulness, you know, in meekness, your as we saw in chapter, as Matali was saying last time in, in Psalm 45, you know, 45, I think it, she was saying 45 verses 4, and he comes in majesty for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. All of those um, qualities in one leader all rolled up into one righteousness, meekness, uh, and truth, but he's victorious. You know, he's really the epitome of the best possible ruler that you could have. So chapter 47 is talking about God being the king over all the earth. He's reestablishing his kingdom. In verse 5, God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Now, this might be a reference to 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 15. And if I can pull that up real quick. That says, and, uh, and uh, wearing a linen ephod, I think that must be something David was wearing. David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. This is when he was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. In verse 15, while he and all Israel were bringing up the Ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. They were bringing up. Now, this is the Ark of the Covenant 
the ark of the Lord. So this was a physical metaphor because it had been captured, and David went and got it back and was bringing it up. And again, when you talk about going up to Jerusalem, Again, remember, this is a city built on a hill. So it's kind of a reference to looking up, going up. You know, of course, God is above us, but the city of Jerusalem is a city on a hill. So when he was bringing the ark up, or the ark was going up, that was they were actually physically taking it up to Jerusalem. And, you know, God being that was the dwelling place of God, Okay, in the Ark of the Covenant, that's what Moses brought. When Moses, you know, when the when God says, "I will reside with you," so the the Lord was supposed to reside there in this holy place. And of course, the Ark of the Covenant was then put in the temple, Solomon's temple, in the most holy place, and that was supposed to be God's dwelling place. Okay, in this temple, and this temple again was referenced to the holy temple in Jerusalem, where Solomon built his temple, and that was supposed to be on this Mount Zion. Okay, this this temple Mount Mount Zion. Okay, and so the ark, God has gone up with a shout. So they were praising, they were praising, singing loud praises when David was bringing the ark back to the city. So God has gone up. God, you know, this dwelling place, the Ark of the Covenant, was being carried up into Jerusalem with a shout because the people were shouting. David was shouting loudly. Okay, and we see that reference in 2 Samuel verse 15 with shouts and sounds of trumpets. Okay, so shouts and sound of trumpet, again, here is reference in Psalms uh, 47 verses 5. So this is sort of this metaphor that this this Old Testament Ark of the Covenant where God was living in this ark uh, and he lived around Moses and then they then they now he's being brought back into Jerusalem by David. You know, one of his mightiest acts was to bring God home to his where he would eventually reside. So now we're sort of saying God has gone up where God has come back to reestablish his dwelling place, not in this little ark, but in his city, okay? And it'll be ruling all over the whole earth. Okay, verse 6, sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our king, sing praises. You can't get any more specific than that. When God comes back, just like he did when David brought God's Ark of the Covenant back, the people were singing loudly and praising him. When God comes back, you know, uh, in his second coming, you know, God is going to be, well, you know, you think about it. When when the Ark of the Covenant was first brought to Jerusalem, they were singing praises, okay? And we talked about, you know, we said how even Second Samuel was talking about it when, when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back. That's pretty cool. Okay, when the, the next time God comes to Jerusalem, that's when Jesus comes to Jerusalem. Okay, so Jesus then when he, so he's been, so the presence of God has been brought up by King David in the Ark of the Covenant. Then God himself in the form of Jesus has come to Jerusalem. Okay, when they're celebrating the Passover. Okay, Jesus is coming into the city on a donkey, but they were Everybody was singing loud praises and putting the, 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 the palm wreaths down and their coats down. 
This was supposed to be what people did when a king was entering the city. So this is a this is sort of like a, a metaphor of Jesus coming into the city again triumphantly, just like God's ark was brought into Jerusalem in triumph. So when Jesus came back, he enters the city as a triumphant king, but not in in uh, in um, in a prideful way. He came in in a meek and humble way. So God was, even as God re-enters his city, he's, uh, he's actually um, doing so in an instructional way. This is how this king, he, and he knows when he, when he comes back again, it's going to be in a tremendous glory where he's going to subdue the whole earth and he's going to come in power. But the second time the Lord comes is in humility, in the presence of Jesus Christ. And this, now where we are in the Psalms, when God is coming to reestablish His kingdom in, you know, this this the city of Zion, His kingdom, He's going to come in t- a totally different way, in glory. But He's but every single time, whether it's David bringing the ark in, Jesus coming in on a donkey. Or now when God reestablishes his kingdom, every single time it's in a, it's in a triumphant way. And the people, the proper response is praise, 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 praise. In verse 7, for God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. Okay. And so, again, this is the... Um, this is the proper response, and this is what happened all three, all two times previously, and what's going to happen the third time, which is in the future for us too. Verse 8, God reigns over the nations. God sits on His holy throne. So now God is going to be living among the people. Okay, now Verse 9, the princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. So when God comes to reestablish his kingdom, shouts of joy is really, that's it. The great king will be coming home. And this is a blessing to the people. He's going to bring peace. Remember like Jesus brought peace on earth? Jesus is the prince of peace. And our peace is being reconciled to God because we are all under sin. We have a death sentence on our heads. So when Jesus comes, the first time he brings peace on earth to um, to reconcile us to God, the Father in heaven. So he's, he's the Prince of Peace. He brings peace. When he comes again, he's going to bring peace on earth as well. Another metaphor. I mean, woo, these Psalms are so full of metaphors. Another metaphor is when he comes back, he's also the Prince of Peace. He's coming to He's coming to bring peace on earth again. And this peace on earth is going to be to just, he's going to say, be still, everybody, as verse as Psalm 46 said, and be still and know that I am God. He's going to stop all the wars, break the bows, shatter the spears, burn the chariots, and quiet down the whole earth, the mountains, the waters, the seas. He's going to stop all that raging and trouble of the of the pains that the earth itself is going to be under and he's going to subdue all the kingdoms you know as he utters his voice 
and there's going to be a lot of singing and shouting. And I and when you look, we could we don't have time to go into it, this even more. But I'm just thinking here in the moment, a lot of this singing and shouting of joy is probably when all of the the, the people. Um, he, you know, he raises the dead and he's bringing back the people that are alive in him, you know, and as the, as people, all the people who are in him are, are, um, he's bringing back the people and he's establishing the people who are going to have eternal life with him. So these, these people who are with him will have their new bodies, you know, that, that will have, will be new creations, you know, completed, and that's going to be really, really happy. I can't imagine anything happier than that. To to all of a sudden see people who you know, or to be dead to cancer, dead to a heart attack, dead to this, that, and the other. The people who waited their whole lives and you know they saw death, the, all of the sorrow that um, families had to have as they divided or they saw their loved ones perish or you saw your best friend perish or you saw your mother or your father or a child, you know, or you yourself. We all are going to uh, taste a sick bed or a deathbed, you know, just as Jesus Christ did. But oh, how beautiful it's going to be when God reestablishes His throne with living water whose streams are just going to flow from this city like living water. You know, so um, beautiful, beautiful thing to look forward to. Very encouraging. So chapter 48, verse Psalm 48, we'll just uh, take up here. Verse 1, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of of our God. Again, this goes again with this forward-looking um, picture of this city of God as he reestablishes kingdom. You know, God is our fortress, you know, our stronghold. This city's going to be our fortress during all, you know, when the earth is in turmoil. God's going to reestablish he's king of over all the earth. He's reestablished his kingdom and now 48 Psalm 48, we're just going to look at what this city's going to look like. Isn't this cool? So, verse 1, great is, the Lord, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. This is Zion. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy over all the earth. Is the joy. In other words, that joy translates back again, remember, to blessing. His holy mountain, where He lives <clears throat> on His mountain, his chosen place, Mount Zion, in the far north, the the, um, the city of the great king. Within her citadels, citadel is the core fortification of a town or a city. Within her citadels, God has made himself known as a fortress. So God is there to protect his people. Verse 4, For behold, the kings assembled. They came on together as soon as they saw it, they were astounded. They were in panic. They took to flight. Trembling took hold of them their anguish as, a, as of a woman in labor. By the east wind, you shattered the ships of Tarshish. And uh, as we have heard, so we have seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, which God will establish forever. Selah.
talking about God's holy city. Mount Zion is the name of it. You hear about Mount Zion a lot. Well, this is sort of a sort of the fulfillment, the futuristic um, completion of this image of what Mount Zion is supposed to be. You know, God has a promise that God's coming back, and God has a specific area where He's going to come back and dwell. He's going to dwell over all the earth. But it's not only this this picture of God coming back. God's coming back to live here around us. So he, you know, and as Jesus said, you know, um, chat, uh, verse forty, uh, chapter forty six, verse eleven. The Lord of hosts is with us. And as Jesus said to his disciples, "I am with you always to the end of the age." Um, verse nine, we have thought on your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. We have thought on your love. We have, we have thought. We maybe we've prayed about your love. We've dwelled in our hearts on your love. We've given a lot of thought and reflection for His steadfast love. He's going to deliver His people. He's forgiving His people. He's. He's, he's preserving his people, okay? But they've been thinking about it too. Verse 10, As your name, O God, so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion. Go around her. Number her towers. Look around. Check Zion out. Consider well her ramparts. Go through her citadels. What's a rampart? A rampart is kind of like a, a a boundary of a fortification, of a wall. It's uh, kind of the built at the top of the bulwark of the of the wall or of the de- the defense. So. You know, look at her ramparts as they go through the citadels. The citadels, again, the internal fortification of the city. That you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will guide us forever. So this is a look around this city. Walk about her. Go around her. Look at all the towers. Look at all the ramparts. Look at all the citadel, the areas of fortification. This thing is an impenetrable city. It ain't going anywhere. And this is because we have a God who loves us. And it's it's this forward-looking to this um, area of strength. This rampart will, uh, will last for generations forever and forever and forever. So God is here to preserve you. So I hope this was well. This these three psalms were uh, helpful and encouraging to you. Um, again, they certainly were to me. We see God is our fortress. God is King over all the earth. And again, this city of God that is going to be built on this hill to um, dwell with us forever and ever. So I'll stop here. Uh, for me. Uh, uh, I'll turn the podcast over now to Matali. Um, can't wait to see what Matali does with all this. Uh, and for me, God bless you, and I'll see you next time.
Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Psalms chapter 46, Psalms chapter 47, and Psalms chapter 48. My main highlight in today's teaching is the sufficiency of God. God is sufficient and um, God doesn't fail us. God is always going to be in our life and he's always going to be more than sufficient. God has tons and tons of mercy for us as his children. So Psalms chapter 46, um, it's to the chief musician, a psalm of the sons of Horah, a psalm of Alamoth. So um, according to Pastor K. He says, um, Alamoth, Alam, Alama means um, virgin, which we can see, f- which was prophesied in um, Isaiah 7, 14, which reads, <clears throat> Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. So, this is a prophecy. See, talking about <clears throat> the um, the first coming of um, the Son of God, that was Christ. It was prophesied in Isaiah, and um, this psalm is um, is a song for the um, Alamoth, that's um, for the son born of a virgin. So. Um, the first three verses talks about the sufficiency of God, how we should always count in God, um, even in the times of trouble. And Psalms 4 to 7 talks about the security of God. Psalms 8 to 11 looks at the supremacy of God. So um, Psalms 1 to 3, Psalms chapter 46, 1 to 3 reads, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth is removed, and through and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roll and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, sailor. So this is talking about um, seeking the Lord always, no matter how tough the times are. God is our refuge and our ever-present strength all the time. Let us um, always go to the Lord and he will protect us under the shadows of his wings. So, um, moving on to verse 4 through to 7, it reads, There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations rag- ragged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. So the God of Jacob meaning the God of Israel. He's with us always. Let's seek security in God all the time. So here, the river that's talked about is the ever-flowing river. We as Christians are to be um, the trees that that are planted by the river. And um, the river is the word of God. 
it's constantly flowing and nourishing us as 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 um as his children so the river is god's word <clears throat> it refreshes and it refreshes us as a blessed man meaning the happy man um so we'll be like a tree that's planted by the river um so god should be our security um judgment force um the forces of judgment rather sorry are gone and um we will have this everlasting flow this everlasting flow of uh, god's word that should flow in our lives all the time and nourish us and um as trees we will keep growing and um have eternal life if we just turn to the lord and um he will he will guide us he will protect us he will give us peace and he'll give us eternal life um <clears throat> so verse 8 to 11 talks about the supremacy of god so um you know the lowest level that god um appears to man um is um when he created when he when his son came down to earth his son was lower than the angels so verse 8 verse 8 through 11 reads come behold the works of the lord who has made dissolution who has made desolations in the earth he makes wars cease to the end of the earth he breaks the bow and cuts the spear into he burns the chariot in the fire be still and know that i am god i will be exalted among the nations i will be exalted on the earth the lord of hosts is with us the god of jacob is our refuge taylor this is a beautiful verse i i especially like be still and know that i am god um god is um you know a a, a powerful force um you know um he he verse 6 of um uh, psalm 46 reads um the nations ragged the kingdoms were moved he uttered his voice the earth melted god is this powerful he he's he's a powerful force he he simply just says let there be light and there was light um and um <clears throat> if we just take all our troubles to god and 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 um just be still and and let god be still and let god and um you know no matter what we're going through despite all our our problems our worries and um you know the trials and tribulations that we're going through god will give us inner peace god protected david god protected so many other people abraham moses and um we as we can see from um the um, when god um redeemed um his children by blood and by power and and by and by power he redeemed his um the children of israel um in the first phase he redeemed them by by blood that was during the passover when um or his uh the children of Israel had to mark their doors with um you know the blood of the lamb 
and uh, when the angel of death was actually sent over. And the second phase, God redeemed his people by power, and that was when he parted the Red Sea. And, um, you know, we can see um, the rejoicing of um, <clears throat> of his people when he redeemed them from um, from from all their troubles, trials, and tribulations from from Egypt, and um, this can be seen in Exodus fifteen, chapter twenty, which reads, "Then Miriam, Miriam was um, uh, Moses's sister. So then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister to Aaron, that's um, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her." with timbrels and with dances, and Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. This is how powerful God is. This is how powerful the word of God is. Um, God just commands and things happen. So if we believe in God, be still. <clears throat> and um, let um and let God so um Psalms 47 is a millennial psalm it's a psalm of praise and um it's to the chief musician a psalm of the sons of Korah a psalm for our mouth this is still a psalm of praise oh sorry um Psalms 47 sorry to the chief musician a psalm of um the sons of Korah this is this is a, a beautiful uh, psalm of praise Praising the Lord, um, that's the King is now here on earth, and this is the second coming of, of, of God. This is not the first coming. This is um, He's on earth and He's reigning. He's reigning over the entire earth. Um, he has put down lawlessness and all those who are against Him, and He is reigning. Um, so I will read a couple of verses. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 9, and it reads, Oh, clap your hands, um, all you peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. So he is the second coming. He is back, and he is ruling. He is the king of kings. Um, he will subdue the peoples under him and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us. There is a great inheritance waiting for us um, when the Lord comes. Um, the excellence of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. God has gone up with a shout. Uh, the Lord, with the sound of his trumpet, sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. This is a beautiful psalm. Um, it's a psalm of praise. It's 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 um, it's a psalm of happiness. Um, for God is the King of all the earth. Sing praise, and sing praise with understanding. So God reigns over the nations. He sits on His holy throne. The princes of the people have gathered together. The people of God, of the God of Abraham. So this is a beautiful, beautiful psalm. Praising the Lord. This is the second coming of the Lord. And um, his people will rejoice and will triumph. And um, he will choose their inheritance for them. It's going to be a wonderful time.
So Psalms 48 is another millennial psalm. It celebrates um, the Messiah's great victory and um, a song of psalm for the sons of Korah. So um, this psalm, it's celebrating God's victory over Satan when Satan's finally cast out of the earth and sent into the fire brimstone. And peace is reigning here on earth. We have peace, we have righteousness, there's no more lawlessness. And um, we're living by the fruits of the Spirit. That's love, joy, peace. And um, this is going to be a beautiful time. This is going to be a time after tribulation. And it reads, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the holy mountain, beautiful in elevation. The joy of the horth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north. This, this is going to be, uh, the Lord is going to um, come down to earth and um, he is going to, um, he's coming down to put down all of lawlessness. Um, the city of the great king. God is our God. God is in her palaces. He is known for her refuge. That's um, God's church. For behold, the kings assembled. They passed by together. They saw it and they marvelled. They were troubled. They hastened away. Fear took over them there and pain took over them there and pain as if a woman in birth pangs. And when you break the ships of Tarshish with the east wind, as we heard, so we have seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, God is established forever. Selah. So God is coming back to reign. Um, I will move down quickly to verse 14. For God, for this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even in death. So God is coming. Um, he is coming. His second coming. He is coming to do his will. And um, let us, as um, his children today, find sufficiency in him. For God does not fail. He is a powerful God. He breathes life. He breathed life onto the earth. He is a creator of the earth. He is the almighty. He is the king of kings. And he is coming back to bring um, righteousness on earth. So um, my God is sufficient. And um, yeah, so this is today's teaching. Thank you very much for listening. Um, goodbye and God bless. I'm not going to